0: Listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views, the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy and The Driven websites, and is brought to you by Jet Charge, Australia's leading experts in EV charging. Operating nationwide, Jet Charge helps maximise the use of renewable energy and is paving the way for our
1: electric future hello and welcome to this latest episode of the driven podcast my name is giles parkinson i'm the founder and editor of the driven along with the sister site Renew Economy. Well, today we have a special guest. It's Bill Shorten, the former ALP leader, the uh, leader of the opposition in the last election campaign, currently uh, spokesman for Government Affairs and the NDIS. Bill Shorten, of course, you will remember, was the architect, along with Mark Butner of the uh, Labour EV policy, And I do want to specify um, that uh, this interview was actually done before the federal government's announcement uh, this week of its future fuels strategy. So if you're wondering why we're not commenting about that, um, that's why. Um, But anyway, we caught up with Bill Shorten because he recently revealed that he became the first federal MP to access an electric vehicle, a Tesla Model 3, through the uh, parliamentary fleet of which all MPs have access to. the first one to get an electric vehicle, and we hope not the last. Anyway, without further ado, here's Bill Shorten. Bill, thanks for joining us. Hey, long-time listener, first-time caller. Well, thank you very much for listening in, and uh, thanks very much for joining this podcast. You're here today because we discovered just recently that you have got an electric vehicle, and that shouldn't be a momentous thing, but I guess in the current politics of Australia's sort of slow transition it is, because it was a first, and we'll get into how that came about. But tell us, to start off, why did you want to get an electric vehicle?
0: I want to practice what I preach. I'm a big believer in renewable energy as uh, the source of the jobs of the 21st century. Uh, I'd read a lot about Teslas. I'd seen some. At the last election, as leader of Labor, I took a policy to basically make our national highways accessible for people with uh, EVs, I wanted to put in a network of charging stations on all the national highways. Silly Scott Morrison attacked me and said that somehow putting electric charging stations on the national highways would end the weekend. Um, you know, really, that is uh, ignorance masquerading as an opinion. And um, but yeah. I thought i better practice what I preach. So I uh, butted heads with the department uh to make my regular employer drive uh, provider car an electric
1: vehicle so tell us okay so so how did you decide in a Tesla? did you go for a test drive did you have friends who had one um what 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 um what prompted you to do that oh i know
0: people who uh have had them uh yeah. and my kids were saying that evs are important for the environment Uh but I had a neighbor who had a Tesla, and he swore by it. And so I thought, okay, let's see if there's one which is not in the luxury car bracket. So not in the luxury car bracket, but something cheaper than that. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to learn about it and make a contribution. And um, we found the Tesla Model 3 was below the uh, luxury car threshold, which was great.
1: Or at least the standard uh, range plus uh, version of it is, yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah that's right, the standard range plus. And uh, so as a result, it was, um, uh, it's smaller than an SUV, obviously, but about the same price as SUVs which MPs get. So mm. I thought, okay, let's try this. Let's go for the drive. Let's have the adventure. Well,
1: oh, fantastic. And and how do you use it? You you, you drive it to work? You drive it um, yeah, on I the weekends? The it's, yeah, I drive it everywhere. everywhere, yeah. Uh, it's You're allowed to use it for your
0: work and uh, personal use. It's your sort of necessary tool of trade. Uh, What has amazed me, though, is the cost saving to the taxpayer and petrol bills. I didn't realise what a cost of living device was the um, Tesla or an EV could be. I mean, objectively, I knew it on paper, but I'm seeing the lived experience. And if you're sick of paying petrol bills, EVs are the car of the future for you.
1: Where are you charging it?
0: Well, I'm very fortunate. Um, There's a Tesla fast charging station in Mooney Ponds, of all places underneath my very office. (laughs) But I um, also run it off uh, home. Yesterday was Cup Day. It was a very sunny day in Melbourne. I have uh, finally got around to installing solar on my roof. So yesterday I was charging my car from uh, a power point in my house from solar power. So... All free, I mean, other than the initial outlay of the solar and uh, charging my car from just home, the power yeah. point at home. It's, Remarkable.
1: Pretty sa- it, it's a pretty satisfying thing too. And it's remarkably con- convenient because you just sort of go out and it just takes about 10 seconds to plug the car in and off you go and do your other stuff. You get,
0: I mean, obviously, one of the, the challenges for Teslas and EVs more generally is one is cost, I suppose. Yeah. Another one is what I would call range anxiety what you realise is that if you get yourself in the habit of uh, charging whenever you can, it's a bit like a mobile phone. Just plug and forget. Yeah. yeah. And you can do it from home and um, it's remarkably convenient. You, you realise that no one, other than perhaps um, OPEC nations, you, no one has OPEC princes, no one has a petrol bowser in their driveway, but you can <laughs> charge your motor vehicle from your, from your driveway. It's, um,
1: it's yeah. just a discovery. And you taking away for weekends and things like that? Have you done longer trips?
0: Yeah, yeah, down the coast. um, I haven't. We because we've been in Melbourne in lockdown, we really haven't been able to go away.
1: Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Look, you talked about the sort of the trouble of convincing um, the parliamentary people to, I mean, because my understanding is that all federal parliamentarians, they get a car as part of the package and stuff like that. that Yeah, it's a tool of your work. It's a tool Mm -hmm. of the work. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so you wanted to get a Tesla, but it wasn't...
0: It wasn't on the regulation list. What happens is an MP can choose a car up to a certain price range below the luxury car tax threshold. Um, and there's a range of cars, and that's fair enough. There's all sorts of cars, but they're all combustion engine. Mm. And there was a couple of hybrids, uh, but I was able to make the cab. It wasn't that the government uh, department was saying, no, it's just no one's ever asked them before.
1: Huh, fair enough. And what did they say when you asked them?
0: Well, of course, whenever you ask for something that's never been done before, that immediately necessitates a committee <laughs> being set up to investigate this. <laughs> A lot of government decision-making, as you and I know, is about covering your own bot back side, making sure that if you do something which is unconventional, you won't get blamed. Uh, but, no, the department was fine. They they went through, took took longer than it should. But on the other hand, I suppose when you're breaking new ground, they wanted to check everything. But I think it is good value for money for constituents.
1: Well, I guess if they can actually, you can demonstrate these savings, then surely that's got to be a good thing, and surely they would embrace that. Have they, have they kind Oh, of...
0: yeah, no, I think that they'll... That, They'll no doubt look at the review over the first 12 months. They haven't had a 12 months yet. Uh, but when they do, they'll see that the petrol bill historically will be much higher than the cost of charging. If I use right. the rapid charger, the fast charger, I obviously bill the government. But even that's much lower than petrol. Mm. I mean, petrol last weekend was, uh, or la- the weekend before last, it was it was around a dollar eighty on the yeah. highway, um, per litre. And um, obviously electricity uh, generated by solar if you're on rooftop is much cheaper.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you seem to have paved the way for other people. Um, Katie Allen from the, uh, from the government, the federal um, Liberal MP, has apparently got a Tesla. Has she got that, do you know, as part of a parliamentary thing or is that just a private purchase? I don't know.
0: She might be uh, independently wealthy enough to afford that. Um,
1: <laughs> are you getting Good right. in... luck to her. Yeah, that. that's okay. Um, are you getting any other indications that other um, federal oh, MPs... Oh, yeah, yeah. My, plenty of
0: my history? colleagues have raised it with me. Now, now I've uh, pioneered the path. There's plenty of others who are very interested
1: Oh, so, you know, yeah.
0: watch this space and it's, you know, like so much uh, in life, it's monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. And, you know, if someone sees that you can do it, then someone else will follow through. I've got no doubt that in the next few years, the take up of EVs by MPs, uh, it'll happen. Yeah. Just yeah. Because it is sensible. It's good for the environment. Uh, its uh, Maintenance costs are down, of course, because your maintenance is your software. Uh, and the, I think the cost of living consumer benefits, where, you know, that's the angle I think we need to be emphasising more. So it's good for the taxpayer. Instead of several thousand dollars over three years, which is the length of lease of a combustion engine motor car, uh, wait till we see what the cost of uh, outlaying on this, on the Tesla is, and it'll be the energy cost will be significantly less. So that's good for taxpayers.
1: And the resale cost might even be higher as well. Mm-hmm. Mm,
0: yeah. oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, it's now, a little way of, um, I, I think you've got to be the change that you want to see in the world, don't you? As yeah. Someone famously said, you've got to be the change that you want to see in the world.
1: You mentioned the, you mentioned the, um, the campaign that um, the, um, the government launched against you in the last campaign, particularly mm. over the EV policies, um, and, you know, it was going to ruin the weekend and things like that. That must have really pissed you off.
0: Oh, it was such a dishonest piece of chicanery. I mean, you know, I felt probably as uh, Malcolm Turnbull felt about Scott Morrison or as indeed various <laughs> global leaders feel, you know, it was just a lie.
1: Yeah, Yeah. but there's a whole campaign about it too. I mean, you know, it takes you five days to charge your EV with with solar. Um, um, It's going to steal your utes. Um, It's going to push up the price of housing because everyone's going to have to have a charging station in their home and stuff like that. I mean, it was just sort of just a series of just sort of misrepresentations and in some cases just outright lies. Mm Yeah, yeah. Fear So, I mean, I've never... Worked in Canberra as a, as, as a correspondent to the Parliamentary Gallery or anything like that. I mean, when you sort of hear people in the airwaves like that, when you pass these guys in, in, the, in the corridor, do you sort of growl at them and just sort of say that was absolute crap or do you just sort of no, it of <laughs> no it's not part of the game?
0: No, it's not part of a game, but you'd be, you're crazy to stay bitter, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is dishonest. And I listen to the government now say they've never been against EVs, just against Labour's policy. <laughs> well, Labour's policy, the one I took to the last election, just happened to be the one which Joe Biden implemented for the whole of the United States two years later.
1: Well, it was actually reasonably rational policy, too, because basically the focus was on leases and um, company fleets and government fleets, which where the economics of EVs are pretty um, well established already, even if it isn't yeah. for private individuals, and where you also get the added advantage of turnover, plus you get a second-hand market developing.
0: And we stopped being an automotive third-world dumping ground for the cars that the rest of the world doesn't want to buy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, maybe there was an argument, if there was, when we had a domestic car building industry, but that wouldn't have been an argument against it, but maybe it might have been an argument for backing in the local industry. Mm. Uh, But there is no such argument now. And frankly, we could get into the business of uh, being part of the supply chain for EVs globally, but... You know, we've just got to decide that we want to be part of the future, rather than put our heads in the sand and hope the future doesn't come.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there seems to be a lot of battery minerals opportunities in Australia, and look, we've actually got lower cost of electricity now thanks to renewables. Um, we, there's, you know, there's, there's opportunities past to recast the um, um, automotive manufacturing industry and past focus I, on electric. I think so,
0: but I think so, and no buts. But you know, we need a government who's willing to lead who's yeah. willing to open a few books, engage with what the rest of the world's doing, yeah. perhaps even ask some questions, show some boldness, show some innovation.
1: What's, what's stopping them from doing this? I mean, it, they take the 50% renewable targets that it would be economic wrecking, but, but then, you know, a year later, they admitted that, um, that their own policies or their own lack of policies, I mean, it would just, we'd get to 50% renewables anyway. Now they're actually predicting 70% renewables in the main grid.
0: The coalition has uh, developed a wicked formula of uh, arguing against action on climate to uh, maintain its grip on power. Because if if the coalition, as they're beginning to change some of their rhetoric on climate, then why would you vote for a political party who's a climate skeptic as opposed to a party who will base decisions based upon science and the national interest?
1: What's leading them to do that, though? Because all the surveys show that most people want sort of action on climate. Most people sort of seem to be enthusiastic about the transition to electric cars. I mean, just the number of people looking at our website on EVs suggest there's huge... Well, people interest stop me there. in the
0: street or in car parks and ask me about the Tesla. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's a talking point. So yeah. I think yeah. it's a case of stupidity trumping, uh, no. stupidity and opportunism in a, uh, in a political cal- calculation.
1: So what should the policies now be on electric vehicles? I mean, there's all sorts of suggestions out there about having sort of fuel emission standards, vehicle standards. um, Federal Labor
0: has proposed some of what we took to the last election, which includes um, looking at the tax incentives which uh, or the taxes, which might be a barrier to the importation of electric vehicles to Australia. And I think that's a good start. Anything which takes some of the pricing pressure off, I mean, I don't blame people for not buying electric vehicles if the only models they've got are very expensive. Uh, It's not realistic. So I think what we need to do is to create a market which is as attractive as possible for cutting edge and cheaper EVs to be sold in Australia.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the key is um, we're probably seeing price parity for EVs at the sort of the higher end. I mean, Teslas probably compete with Audis and Mercedes and other things of of that sort of ilk. But um, what we don't have is the sort of the 40,000, the sub-40,000 electric cars. That's
0: true, and we need to get that. But we'll only get that if we have a market. And um, that's why I think charging stations are part of the equation. Ironically, this government's now funding charging stations, even though two and a half years ago... They lied to the Australian people about the value of charging stations. So, mm. anyway,
1: there the you go. The change
0: is not for the faint-hearted.
1: It is, yeah. Hey, just a couple more quick, more questions. I know there's an EV now as part of the Comcar fleet. Have you actually had to tra- got to travel in 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 that one yet, or is it just a bit no? Of I haven't, rate? but um, I'm, I'm they're trying it's...
0: one, which is good. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that um, I'm sure that the chickens will still lay eggs, and the um, the sun will still come up in the morning if we uh, have some more EVs in
1: the fleet. I'm just thinking we just need to get Scott Morrison or Angus Taylor into one of these things, and maybe they might even enjoy it themselves. Uh, well, um, sure. Sure. <laughs> and what about your um, next car after the Tesla? Um, there's going to be, by the time um, that Tesla um, lease expires, um, we might be ready for a tes- for a Ute. Electric Ute? How about that? That'll be, uh, be wonderful. You can <laughs> take it off for the weekend. You can count
0: on the fact that when there's an electric Ute, I'll uh, drive it. Uh, I'll drive it past uh, Scott Morrison wherever he is. Hopefully, <laughs> still not in. Hopefully, won't be in the lodge then. But you know, I'll offer him a lift on a Saturday. On a Saturday, yes. Go
1: Sharkies or something. Yes. Okay. Um, well, let's
0: not let's not get carried away. I might just offer him a lift. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> I'm not saying I want to spend a long period of time with him, but you know,
1: you can just drop him off outside the ground or whatever, wherever he needs Uh, to go. Wherever he needs to go. Okay. Well, look, Bill Shorten, congratulations on your purchase. I hope you continue enjoying it, and thank you very much for joining this podcast. And
0: thanks, thanks, Giles, for uh, being an advocate for the future. Good idea. Thanks, Bill. Cheers. Bye.
1: And that was Bill Shorten, the former Labor opposition leader and now spokesman for government affairs and the NDIS. That interview was recorded just before the federal government announced its uh well what could be laughably called an electric vehicle policy. They've actually haven't even pretended it. it's an EV policy, they are calling it a Future Fuels Strategy with the very useful acronym FFS. Um and ironically, uh, it doesn't actually have much for electric vehicles. It has Another $178 million to be thrown at some charging stations in businesses and in homes, although why 50,000 homes are chosen and not the other 22 million um, that may need to have some sort of connection is interesting, and I'm sure that uh, Bill Shorten would find it infuriating to hear Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, sort of pretending that he never, never criticised the EV policy and uh, demonised electric vehicles. Well, he did criticise the EV policy. He said that um, Labour would force people into electric vehicles and cars that they didn't want, and he's still sort of trotting out that same line, even though he's saying that he didn't demonise the cars, despite some of his silly comments about ending the weekend, about leads coming out of the fourth floor of apartment buildings and down to their cars, and goodness knows what else. It's very frustrating because, according to the federal government, uh, Australia may have uh, 30% of electric vehicle sales by 2030. I'm not really too sure who they are kidding because most major car manufacturers around the world say they're going to stop making petrol and diesel cars by either 2025 or 2030. So exactly what sort of cars the federal coalition government thinks that Australians are going to be buying in 2030 is uh, beggars. Well... I'm not too sure what what they're really suggesting, but um it's certainly very frustrating for everyone. Um, it needs a policy, it needs incentives. For people to be able to uh, move over to electric vehicles, we need to get more cars in here at lower price we need to develop a second hand market and we need things like fuel emission standards because without them then there's no incentive for car makers to bring in efficient cars and electric cars and we're still doing incredible damage to the health of um, our population, not to mention the emissions and the extra costs for becoming a dumping ground of really dirty and efficient cars So anyway, I'd just also like to thank very much our new sponsor for the driven podcast jet charge Um, welcome aboard and um, i uh, hope you get charged up with their products and um, we look forward to more regular podcasts coming soon bye for now
0: the driven podcast was brought to you by jet charge australia's leading experts in ev charging Operating nationwide, JetCharge helps businesses and drivers find cost-effective ways to charge their EVs. From home charges, to vehicle to grid integration, to the largest EV charging projects in the country, JetCharge are paving the way for our electric future.